Hey. How are you doing today? I mean, how can one really know their feelings when essentially all you see is blurs of cars and what used to be your neighboring building? Yeah, it's snowing really bad in Toronto. Also, a huge apologies um, for not posting for three weeks. I know I say a bit like a slight laugh, but I did feel very guilty for not posting anything for three weeks. But in my perfect offense, we were going to remove and then it was my birthday and then I tried to finish too many assignments at the same time. And then I had to study for my exam, which is coming tomorrow, which would be the Tuesday, a day before this podcast will go up. So by the time you're listening to this, hoo-hoo, almost gonna be done with my undergrad. I don't consider it done until I can actually throw the hat up. Hopefully, gonna knock on the wood for that. But yeah, other than that, pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty exciting. New place, hopefully meeting new people, really close downtown, so I can actually explore, um that side of myself where pretends that likes to actually going around downtown and have fun let's see how much of that is true (laughs) let's hope at least some of it is but yeah i wanted to make an episode where it is about transitions because a i really have difficulty to make them in my academic life as well it's literally the last thing i struggle with the most in my papers because i usually like end up writing random sentences at first just to know that the transition has to go there and i then have to go back and make it more academically pleasing and beautiful both to the eyes and the ears so it actually portrays my complicated brain also consider this a fair warning about this episode because the language is a bit weird in a good way because i just had finished watching season two of bridgerton loved it loved it so much and also studying for my victorian era exam which is like only 50 years apart like specifically like overall like an overarching theme of well suitors and just romanticism clashing with realism which is pretty fun i'm not gonna get into that because not everybody's interested but yeah i'm just warning you that there are a lot of undertones of my daily lives in these podcasts as well so without further ado here's episode 12 of letters never sent Letter number 12, to whom it may concern. It has been three weeks since I even attempted to reach for a pen or even a pencil to write down the everlasting enjambment that I am privileged enough to call my mind. Though I have reasonable endeavors to perfectly justify my absence for my countable audience, I still see fit to apologize. Again, not to sound too disregarded, but it has been quite a stressful couple of months. 
The day I dreaded the most finally came. My 23rd birthday. I used the term dreaded as carefully as I used the word like hate. I didn't even know I was actually dreading it until my therapy session two or three days prior to the day when I blow the candle and accept the fate that is bestowed upon me. Turning old. Who started this dreadful series of staring deeply into the candles until your eyes are all blind pretending to come up with one wish that will come true if you don't speak of it? But wouldn't the mere fact that I bring that embedded deep desire of mine out of its hidden chamber, put it into precise words, and then somewhat let go of it through the silent whistle, defeat the purpose of keeping it a secret? Yeah, I know. I would have done horrible in the Regency era. If I lived in British Romanticism, I would be that one woman refusing to court because merely finding the rules of conduct absolutely intolerable. For instance, why should I be punished as to bring force to marry a viscount, a duke, a gentleman, or any breeding form of a man if he is the one following a lonely woman into a garden, into a maze, in the pitch black night? Why must I be forced into hearing elders talk about duties, comparing my generation to their own, without a slight consideration for the active change of society? Why should I be called up to a king or queen to be judged over my beauty? Oh, and damn, why should I be the one who... Well, the list can go on. There's extensive one of those you can seriously get into conduct books if you really want to but you know what's funny actually in the exact moments where britain was practicing such conduct so was iran there were kings like nasreddin shah who had harems filled with beautiful wives i'm assuming solemnly based on pure passionate studies of those years that no matter where no matter what color our skin wore women were being treated like pieces of property so you would ask yourself why would i want that i don't necessarily desire to be auctioned off season by season but let's face it i the poet the writer the hopelessly romantic would love that era as long as I had money and prospects and probably, possibly, just maybe, I could find a lover? I don't know. But could I really, though? Is love even found? Or is it more circumstantial? I think love is the pure passion, the weird butterflies in stomach that can either indicate immense fear of something good and new or act like a Peter tingle and alert me of the oncoming heartache. It's always a 50-50 chance, a risk, but am I still willing to take it? Absolutely, yeah, sadly, definitely I will still take it. But I think the core feeling lies in the aspect that what if I wake up one day and see that 
love has sizzled out. So I want to like my person too. I think you need to like who they are. And I actually was watching Bridgerton season two earlier today, and I think it was either Daphne or their mother who told Anthony that if you really love someone, you can hardly breathe when they're in the room, and you just want to kiss them. Well. She said it way more sophisticated than this, but my point is that as much as I adore the trope of enemies to lovers and and the whole he's almost always mean to everyone but me situation, would I really want to? You know, it could be too my. Scared heart that wants to believe those never exist anymore, simply because staying away and ache for the experience has proven to be less harmful than the heartbreak itself. Also, to come to my own defense, these suitors scatter all over Toronto rarely look for what I'm looking for, or it's just oh god, nothing is worse than a sudden realization than. The reason I actually love books like *Weathering Heights* or *Jude the Obscure* is because I am Heathcliff and Jude. And hear me out. I know those are like both men, and it's weird that I keep comparing myself to men, but it's weird, isn't it? Because what is the purpose of their attraction to me if nothing but the Me or similarities between me and the character they're trying to depict. These are not even all the thoughts that go through my brain on a daily basis. These are just the very, very recent ones, and believe me, they're continuously getting weirder. And at some point, you start to question whether or not you want to speak or let the words die with you. Because, what if no one really ever gets to see my writing, and everything just leaves with me when I go alone in my apartment on a random snowy December night? I now will leave you with that thought until the next time. I'm sending you all the love from my tenderest heart. Nafas.